And good evening. We are back. This is the Across the Tracks podcast for Sunday, 5 December 2020. Glad to be here. And I am Wayne. I am Steve, and welcome back to Across the Tracks podcast. Well, my friend, my brother, <laughs> what do we got on tap for tonight's All uh, right. Tonight's so tonight, uh, we've got about uh, four topics, and probably we always have some sidebar discussions in, in the mix. Uh, but tonight, we want to talk about uh, Rayford Johnson, um, who passed away a few days ago. Uh, talk about his life, his accomplishments. Uh, we want to talk about uh, the House uh, passing a bill to decriminalize uh, marijuana, or as Rick James says, Mary Jane. <laughs> and um, we also want to talk about the, the continued uh, escapades of uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And uh, we also want to uh, wrap up tonight. Uh, tomorrow will be the 79th anniversary of a day which will live in infamy, as FDR said, uh, the attack, Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, 79 years tomorrow. 79 so we want to reflect, reflect on that. So that's what we got on tonight, my friend. All right, all right, And all right. Um, that said, I'll, I'll let you kick it off uh, to talk about the great Rayford Johnson. Your, oh, wow. your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, man. That's that's an awesome individual. Uh, he is uh, a gold medalist uh, from the 1960 Olympics. I think he was a silver medalist in Melbourne, Australia in 1956. And Rayford Johnson, uh, for his accomplishments, was the flag bearer at the 1960 Olympics in which we had some very, very famous people that was in the 1960 Olympics, including uh, Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali, Wilma Rudolph, who uh, happens to uh, live, come from Clarksville, Tennessee. That's where Alex lives. And um, Rafer, not only was he a great athlete, Competing in the decathlon, which is um, 10 events, I think it's the 100, the long jump, shot put, high jump, 400, 110 hurdles, discus pole vault, javelin, and 1,500 meter run. Yep. In which every every one of those events, you get a certain number of points depending on where you place in someone. So. Uh, if you win the hundred, which he did win the hundred, you know you get like three thousand points, or right, whoever right. came in second came to get fifteen hundred, whatnot. But he was the uh, champion and didn't know if he was going to win it because uh, he was had been trailing behind uh, a Japanese athlete by just a few points. And after the next to the last event, Rayford Johnson pulled in in first place and so all he had to do was to finish like 20th in the 1500 meter dash and he would give him enough points to be the um the catholic gold the catholic the catholic gold medalist and he wasn't good at running distance you know he, he, he was he's a sprinter right right you know and so he was able to finish like in the 20th spot, which was like two minutes or so, um, not two minutes, but like 30 or 40 seconds behind the Japanese guy who finished ahead of him. But he wasn't able to uh, catch Rafer. So Rafer Johnson became uh, the gold medalist. After uh, coming back from... Uh, Rome was in 1960. Uh, he ended up being an actor. Uh, he ended up being involved with uh, Special Olympics, starting a Special Olympics group in Southern California. Yep. And he was very active uh, throughout. He also was um, unfortunately happened to be in the hotel in which Bobby Kennedy was uh, assassinated and he and Rosie Greer uh, actually uh, tackled 
uh, Sirhan Sirhan, who was um, responsible for uh, assassinating Bobby Kennedy and who remains in jail today. Uh, so he 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 did just about everything, and he lived a long life. I think he he was 86 when he yeah. when he passed uh, this past week. Uh, but a man of many different talents, and and yeah. and and he 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 ran track, and he also played basketball for the great John Wooden at the UCLA. Yep, he did. Yep. Yep. So that's those are my thoughts on this this great great individual. How about you? Yeah. No, I I echo those sentiments. Great individual. Um. You know, before there was Bruce Jenner as a as a decathlon champion, there was Rayford Johnson. You know, he was he's the gold medalist in the decathlon. Um. He, he also because of his accomplishments, uh, he was a torchbearer at the '84 games in L.A. Yes. He was he was the torch uh, lit the Olympic torch uh, for the games in LA in 1984. And then you mentioned all the great work he meant he did uh for the special olympics. Um those young athletes uh, who he was instrumental in, you know, building up that program in SoCal uh for the special olympics. And I had heard the story, you know, you know everybody's heard the story Bobby Kennedy assassinated, Rosie Greer was there. George Plimpton was also in that yes. mix. Yes, George he was. Plimpton was in that mix, but I'd never heard that Rayford Johnson was involved uh, in subduing Sirhan Sirhan until he passed, you know. And the last thing, hey, he's a great man because he's born on the same day I'm born on. So hey. we, we we share the same birth date as 18 August. So all right, so all good, great man, um, great spirit, and uh, he will be remembered, man, uh, for all the great things that he did on the track and off the track. So yes, yeah. uh, rest in peace, rest in power, Mr. Rayford Johnson. Rayford Johnson, absolutely. All right. All right. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to you again because I didn't see this. <laughs> you, I saw some of it, but you've got some other stuff to to, to throw in there. But uh, the clown car that continues to drive around the country with Rudy Giuliani at the wheel. I'm, I'm going to let you expound on that one, man. Because <laughs> I, I saw bits and pieces of this. What you're going to talk about, but I didn't see the whole thing. So I'll let you take it away. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know. The current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue just can't quit. Just just quit. You got your ass kicked. You know, Joe Biden, he was elected by over 81 votes. He refuses to give it up. So they have sued all the various states, Michigan, Georgia, uh, uh, Wisconsin, just name all the states. He's gone into Sioux, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> almost 40 lawsuits, and they've all either been dropped or they just been said, they just told him, no, this is stupid. With the exception of he, he's like one in 42. With the exception on the day that they were counting votes in Pennsylvania, the um, mail-in ballots, his people were allowed to move from 10 feet to 6 feet in order to observe the counting of the ballots. That's the only thing he's won. So, Mr. Drippity Drip also known as Simon Bar Sinister, <laughs> oh, gosh. Rudy Giuliani, the the president's current legal advisor, stooge, is going around the country making up stuff. He gets in front of the cameras and he'll make up stuff if it's a public event, and if it's in the court, he can't make up stuff. Because he would lose his law license by just making stuff up, as I used to call, or I still call, MSU, making shit up. <laughs> so this past week, he goes to Michigan, and Michigan is um, going to approve of the, um, the election. And so they have a hearing, and he brings with him his his normal group of 
stooges and stoogettes. And he has a special guest, an election worker by the name of Melissa Caroni. And boy, is she a phony. This lady is questioning the judges, the, the, the board that's investigating or listening to this claims by Rudy Giuliani and his clown car. And this lady starts spouting out just stupid trash, just stuff, you know, and she's 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 so foolish that Rudy had to pull her aside and say, you know, that's kind of crazy, even for me. (laughs) That's how bad she was (laughs) when when Count Chocula. Simon Bar Sinister pulls you to the side and says, this is even too crazy for me. That's batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. And in the process, the funny thing, another funny thing, is that Rudy was, it's his turn to speak now. And he decides that he's going to spew this stuff up. And his, his body got in the way. There was some instant flatulence that went along with Rudy's <laughs> dissertation. <laughs> so Rudy tooted. <laughs> so I was watching it, just happened to turn oh it on. And Lynn was sitting by me <laughs> and Rudy saying something and you hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I it's, just, it's one of those things you go, did, did I just hear what I just heard? And Lynn goes, huh, huh? She's half asleep. I go, I think Rudy just farted. <laughs> he let once. Sometimes you can't help it. It just happens. You know, it it just happens. He let he let one fly. Not intentional. It, you know, it, it happens. It happens. It's, it, it happened to me when I was teaching. You know, it happened to me, but on the national TV and all these people are watching the clown car, then you fart. Yeah. It makes it a little bit more embarrassing. But like I said, it happened to me when I was teaching in front of the kids. Yeah, I'm talking about (laughs) something and it it happens. And I just kind of played it off. The kids kind of looked at me like, you all right, Mr. Johnson? I said, yeah, that one just eased out. <laughs> my, I said, my bad. <laughs> I play it I, off. I said, I didn't know where that one came from. <laughs> it just happens. But yeah, Rudy was, you know, the the election board basically told them that they were fools, and this, this, which is normal. Yeah, yeah. What else is new? Right. When you have the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue just refusing to do anything to say that he lost. Well, guess what? You're a loser, man. You lost. Yeah. You know, I don't care how many times you can say I won. You can't change the facts. Nope. You can't change nope. the facts. I won. I won by so much. And 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 I've mentioned early on another podcast, I said it, it really must have burned his behind to see that on November the 3rd, when he went to bed and he had this great big outing in the White House in which he was going to be able to declare the winner. And by the time that he went to bed, he was winning. And by the time that he woke up, that train was slowly walking him down. Yep. Yep. So all those all those ballots that were, you know, COVID related mail in ballots, they just kept coming. Yep. They just yep. kept coming. Yep. And it just kept coming. <laughs> yep. And so I, by Saturday it was over. Yeah, and I, I know he's equally pissed. He's fired up, man. He's probably walking through the White House cursing under his breath, or maybe out loud, because Barr has said, you know what, I can't find no evidence of no fraud. (laughs) Fred Flintstone has said, I can't find no evidence of fraud. Now, Fred's days may be numbered. I I truly believe his days are numbered. His days are numbered. But, 
Your attorney general has said there's no fraud. Countless judges have said, dude, you lost, man. The game is over. And I was watching the debate tonight, the special runoff debate between Kelly Loeffler and uh, Reverend Raphael Warner. And twice, more than twice, the panel asked Kelly Loeffler point blank, do you believe the president lost the election? She would answer the question. You know, she talked all around the question, how radical Raphael Warnock was. He's this, he's that, he's that. But you won't answer the question. I mean, and that's where we are. You got all these people who are in the twilight zone with him denying what is real. And what is real is your ass lost. <laughs> let's move on. You know, let's move on. And to me, man, your attorney general, your buddy who has who has hooked you up numerous yep. times. That's right. Come out and basically said, uh, you, you know what? Uh, the scoreboard says you lost. So what what else do you have to do, man? Your your ace boon coon has already thrown you thrown you out. So <laughs> let's move on. But yep. uh, Fred Flintstone, aka Bill Barr, I think his days are numbered. <laughs> well, back, back when we, back when we were growing up, we had Dan O'Boone and Mingo. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, Daniel Boone and Mingo. Yeah, you're right. We had Cisco Kid and Poncho. Cisco and Poncho. Yep. Yep. And Cisco we had the Long Ranger and Tonto. Yep, the Long Ranger and Tonto. Man. And, and the second hack, they just he they just can't say anything. Nope. When 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 Barr can't find anything, you're screwed. Yeah, that that's 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 pretty much closing the door <laughs> and barring it because your buddy who who has come to your defense numerous times and carried your water, he can't find none. So man, you 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 got it. It's time. You got to give it up, man. Yeah. But uh, you know, we only got to deal with him for what? What are we at now? 47 45 45 days. 45, 45 days and 45 will be no more. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Forty-five will be no more. And you were talking about uh, Rudy. Rudy has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Hmm. I wonder where he got that from. Yeah. 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 So it's it's amazing that um, all the COVID deniers at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, all of them has come down with COVID. Yep. And yep. all the people that's with the, I'm not going to say all, but the majority of the people that's gone by and paid attention to uh, Dr. Fauci and wore mask and social distance and so on, the president-elect's group, just a couple of people that I know of that has come down tested positive. Yeah. And so I, now Rudy's, Rudy's come down with it. Yep. Yep. He, you, you 76 years old, man, you, you in that uh, vulnerable category. So he's in the hospital now. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, you've been out there around people with no mask. You haven't been wearing a mask. Karma is a bitch. Yeah, I'm sure he's getting the same treatment that the current oh, occupant yeah. got. Oh, you know, yeah. They'll yeah. move him to the front of the line. He's not yeah. going to. Yeah. They're not going to send him back to his crypt too early. No. No, he, he he's getting hooked up, but it, it's 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 just you know par for the course, man. Like you say, the deniers, the chickens are coming home to roost, man. The chickens are coming home to roost. Yes. So, yep, yep. but as 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 we're talking about COVID nineteen, um, sidebar here, the vaccine, the vaccine, a lot of news about two possible vaccines, 95% effective or so, a third. Uh, right now, they're achieving probably 90% effective rates. So uh, what is your thought on the vaccine? We, we've talked about this on previous podcasts about, you know, the skepticism of our black brothers and sisters as to whether or not they're going to take the vaccine or would be inclined to take the vaccine. Your thoughts on uh, when it becomes available to the mass, uh, the masses in America, after all those folks who who really need it get it first. Uh, what what's your thoughts? What's your feelings on it? Well, Wayne, my my feelings has changed a bit, and and it it really just happened today. 
because on previous podcasts, we talked about, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not, wait for a while and so on. Well, the waiting part's going to happen anyway, simply because they're going to give it to, you know, first responders and elderly right, people right. and so on. But my thoughts just today was that I'm going to take it. And, you know, me getting a needle in my arm and having some minor uh, effects or maybe a sore shoulder or something like that, I I think I'll outweigh that as opposed to uh, getting COVID and being in a hospital and fighting for my life. And I just don't, I just don't like the thought of them trying to intubate me and them sticking a tube down my throat and me to be given oxygen so that I can stay alive. Uh, That thought, and it just happened today, just this morning. And I I said, you know what, when that comes around, my, my uh, opposition to taking it right away has changed and I'm going to take it. And I, 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 just saw a thing on uh, PBS on how nurses and doctors and and people have to deal with patients, and they showed one patient who was turning blue, and there was nothing they can do about it but try wow. to inc- intubate them. Yeah, and I, just the thought of that, you know, just like I, I think I'm gonna take the shot, still do what I can to protect myself. Because I don't want to be intubated, and right, I, right. I had I had knee surgery many many years ago, and they intubated me, and for probably five or six days after the surgery, you know my throat was still sore. Wow! So I don't want any parts of that. Yeah. You know yeah. I'm I'm allergic to pain. Yeah. I hear you. And 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 <laughs> I'm I don't want any parts of it. So my right. my thoughts are when that vaccine comes out, and if Obama and Clinton and uh, Baby Bush uh, they yeah. take it, hell, I'm gonna take it too. Right. If if, right. if the scientists and Dr. Fauci and all those guys say that it's all right, I'm taking it. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. How about you? No, I am with you, my brother. I'm there, man. Uh, I, I'm like, nope, I will take the shot, man. Uh, provided, you know, I, Dr. Fauci, he's the expert. Uh, and if he and, and representatives from the CDC come out and say, you know, it's a, it's, it's safe. We've done all the testing. And then you're, you're going to have some metrics to go by because the first responders, the nurses, the doctors, those people who are in those vulnerable categories, they're going to take it. So you're going to have some data prior to getting to us. Probably won't see it until maybe May or June time frame. So by that time, you know, get to gets to us, you're going to have some data that says, okay, nobody's nobody's having, you know, major side effects to this thing. They're still functioning and whatnot. We're hoping. I think, I think that will give you an indication like, yeah, it's it's cool. But uh, I, I'm going to follow the former president. And if Fauci says it's good, then I, I'm going to go do it, man. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of tired, man, of not being able to do and do whatever and go. I, I want my life back a little bit. Yes, so. absolutely. And, and we're, uh, so and we're playing by the rules. Yes, yes. You know, and, uh, you know, and it's I think people the, the term now they're using the the term they're using is covid fatigue. <laughs> you know, yes. it wears you down after a while. So I think I think black Americans may come around. You know, uh, once they see, you know, the three presidents, they're going to do it. But I think once the results start coming in and those results are positive after this first wave of vaccines are administered, if the results are good and nothing's going on, I think you'll see probably more black people saying, yeah, I I, want to get it. So but I'm down. I am down, man. I am down. I think one other thing that may help is that. I think we're pretty close also to having a um, COVID test that gives us quick uh, results and it's going to be painless because I'm allergic to pain. (laughs) And um, I think it's going to be available 
throughout the country here pretty soon because I was watching. Maybe it was uh, Sunday morning. Yep, yep, saw this that. This morning. Did you yep. see that? Yep, and but the guy they ship said, it to your home. Yeah. It's, yep. it's amazing. The guy said that within, there's a CDS within three miles of nearly every American. Yep. And I believe that. Yep. And so CVS or Walgreens. Or Walgreens, <laughs> which normally right across the street from one another. Right across from each other a lot of times. And yep. so if they come out with that, and well, you can, you can spit in this thing and get yep. your test results in in an hour. Yep. That's going to help out a lot. Absolutely. That's going to help out a lot. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you're going to see a big change here when the new administration comes in. You know, he's already talked about, you know, hey, can everybody get together, wear a mask for 100 days? That is going to help out tremendously. Now, you're going to have the knuckleheads who are like, man, you can't make me wear no mask and all that bullshit. 50 million I, aren't going to wear a mask. 50 right. million aren't going to wear a mask. Right. But I think you're going to see a different focus, a different, um, you know, um, commitment to getting this under control because the current occupant, he's DOA. He's DOA, man. DOA, he's MIA. He is nowhere to be found when it comes to this coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see that you've got somebody at the top that's committed He's got a good team of people, medical professionals. He's still got Dr. Fauci there providing guidance. I think you're going to see a different focus, and I'm hoping that that changes people's attitudes about coronavirus, how we can come together to deal with this, because people tired. People are tired, man. People want their lives back. But the only way you're going to get that life back, you got to commit to something. And uh, the, I think it starts with, you know, wear a mask for 100 days and, and see where that gets us. And then the vaccine is coming. So I'm hopeful, man. I like it. I like what's coming. The fact that we're going to get rid of all these useless people here in about 45 days and bring in a new team. And, and they're going to be committed to to getting this under control. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, So our our next to last topic tonight, and this this one's interesting. This one is interesting. I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday. The House of Representatives passed a bill decriminalizing marijuana. Ooh. So Senate passed it. Already Yertle has already said, um, what? What they, they they wanted to criminalize marijuana. It'll never pass in the Senate. So already the stop oh, stop the hand is already up. They probably won't even get a vote. But the fact that the House did it is major. So uh, your thoughts on uh, on the House bill? You know, it's um, one of those things that America is leading that way anyway. Um, me myself have never smoked marijuana. I know people have. We have good friends that have. Yep. But uh, I don't see any harm in in it. Uh, Colorado, there's most of these states out west have uh, created um, paths to uh, allow it. You know, whether it's CBD or just open uh, recreational, you know, pot and whatnot. And then there's another probably 15 or 16 states that are are looking into it. Indiana will never look into it because, you know, like I said before, you know, Indiana practices uh, political incest. So they'll never they'll never change. You know, they'll never change. They're always going to be the same. You know, good old Hoosier hospitality. Um, But um, with that, decriminalizing that, there's a lot of people that are in the pokey in jail for selling selling pot. And it's it's been decriminalized in several states. And some of those records has been expunged, which is a good thing. You know, you know, here's I I read a report just the other day of uh, a lady that was 14 years old and she was helping somebody sell a bag of weed, not a ton of weed, but a bag of weed in uh, Baltimore. 
and she got caught up in the sting. They sent her to jail, and she was in jail for like five years for selling not even an ounce of weed. And she gets out, and of course, her life is completely changed. She's, you know, married. She has kids now. And, but by doing something to help out a friend, I think it may have been her cousin or whatnot, then she's caught up in the system. Yep, yep. And as a result, you know, she, hell, she can't even vote now because she has a federal, she has a federal record. And so if the federal government uh, decriminalizes it, it's just going to make those other states say, you know, with the federal government decriminalize it, then let's do it too. Because Colorado, you know, they're making money. Yep. California, the states are making money. Yep. Multi-million dollar businesses. You know, so I see nothing wrong with it. Like I said, I I would, will never smoke and have never smoked it or anything like that. But if um, it's going to, you know, take people that for those minor, I, I call them minor offenses. Back then they were big offense, big offenses. Right, right. Uh, there's not no problem with it. And as you mentioned, uh, Moscow Mitch has already said that it's not going to pass. He's not even going to bring it up to vote because, you know, he's he's an asshole. Yeah. And um, that that's just his method. You know, my people, you know, we we true blooded Americans, you know, we don't believe in marijuana. It's going to break down the fabric of America. Well, guess what? You're true blue Americans smoking marijuana, too, just like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so for him, uh, it's just uh, another way of control. That's yeah. all that man is concerned about is control. And if if the two Senate seats in Georgia flips, he's not in control and there's going to be a lot of uh, give and take. There's going to be a lot of positive things that can happen. Now, some people will say, well, if the if the Democrats take control of the Senate and they have the House, they're going to be radical. They're going to turn us into a communist state and socialism is going to run rapid. And that's all bullshit. Yep. You know, that's not going to happen. Uh, the, uh, the Joe Biden is is not that type of a person. He's going to run a tight ship. Yeah. OK, yep. all that nonsense. He's going to he's not going to allow that stuff to happen because it's not in his nature. OK, so those are my thoughts on it. I, if they want to decriminalize it, do it. But uh, once it gets to the Senate, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a long time coming. And I think it's great because, as you mentioned, you've got a lot of black and brown people sitting in jail for, you know, selling a small amount of marijuana and whatnot. And they, they've they been in jail for years. And it's like, this is makes no sense. And a lot of white and, folks, too. Right. And, uh, you know, out here, it's a booming business, man. It's, you know, recreational, medicinal. We got more uh, marijuana store, cannabis stores, man, than we got churches out here. I mean, it, they're everywhere. Yeah. And uh, Seattle was the same thing. In Seattle, it was it was legalized uh, there. So the states are going that route. It's just a matter of time. And people like uh, Yertle are, are out of touch. They're out of touch. And like you said, for him, it's all about control. I mean, you 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 got to let people make a decision. But he seems like it's my way. I'm in control and nobody gets a say. And I would suspect that some of those other senators over there probably uh, would give it uh, some fair consideration if they were allowed to. Uh, but he's not letting it pass through the gate. So we, we yeah. probably will never know. But I applaud the House for for putting it out there, for doing the work. And putting it out there because there there are too many people sitting in jail for for marijuana offenses. It's it's ridiculous, man. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing about the Senate that I really dislike is that the Senate Majority Leader has complete control. He has complete yeah. autonomy over any bills that comes up. Yeah. I, yeah. The Senate needs to change its rules. Yeah. It needs it needs to evolve. Yeah. And it's not yep. going to evolve because uh, people like Moscow Mitch don't want it to evolve because he'll be in the minority. Right. Okay. And, and, right. 
and and the two individuals, you know, the two the two the, the two seats in Georgia that are going to decide this thing. Uh, like I said I was watching the debate before we came on air. Uh, Purdue didn't even bother to show up for his debate, and then Kelly Leffler um, was debating Reverend Warnock, and it was just one lie after another. How much she cares about the people of Georgia, and, and was, it's like, lady, give me a break. You know, as 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 Reverend Warnock said, you're all about yourself. You have always been about yourself. And I believe and I, you, you may agree, or disagree. But if the Democrats do get control of Congress, you will see programs that are truly focused on the people. And, we, and when I say the people, I'm talking about the run of the mill, everyday people. I think those folks can see like. People are actually out here now. They've truly got my interest at heart. We don't have that now because everybody's concerned about themselves. How much can they get in their pockets? And we know here in a couple of weeks, the uh, moratorium is going to expire on evictions. A few other things are going to run out at the end of the year. But nobody seems to be concerned about that. Yeah, they're not. They're, once again, they're, some of those people are just following you know, they're they're following that tag. Yeah. You know, whatever the current occupant says, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going with it. He's not lying to me. And I don't understand. Yeah. We've probably knocked ourselves in the head many <laughs> times on how we don't understand how the common man in this country falls and follows behind the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue because he doesn't give a damn about you. Nope. And Moscow Mitch doesn't give a damn about you. All he wants to be concerned about is being reelected. How do you get yep. reelected? You yep. have to have millions and millions of dollars in your piggy bank. And who's yep. going to give him millions and millions of dollars? Businesses, big business corporations. Yep. You know, it was no problem giving uh, uh, $3 trillion tax breaks to big business because big business is going to come in and kick into his campaign. Yep. While they they get a $24 million tax break, I only got $24. Yeah, I think I think we got 20 something. I mean, it wasn't yeah. you know, it wasn't though like, "Ooh, man, he gave us a big tax break." <laughs> and, and and then on top on top of that, the deficit because he just gave money away, yep. the deficit just exploded. Yep. So now we we get a new administration that's coming in and they want to help people out. And then suddenly they become um, conservative with spending money. It's okay. It's okay when the clown car, uh, when, (laughs) when, and when the current occupant wants to give a 24 or a two, a $3 trillion um, tax break to the rich and and you drive the deficit up by doing so. But now when we want to help small businesses out, we want to help the unemployed out, when we want to help those people that are are, are starving, when we want to help with people that are uh, getting evicted from their homes and getting evicted from their apartments, we don't have we don't have time for that. Nope. But yet we'll help we'll help out the largest corporations. Okay, and they'll get a tax break, but we don't want to help out the the average American. And it's the average Americans that's sitting on the other side of the fence over there that's supporting the current occupant, and they're not doing a damn thing for the average American. We said it a thousand times probably. We don't understand how you can support that attitude. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to I was going to put on my Facebook today. I was just going to type in one simple phrase <laughs> and I was going to type in country over party. Period. That's it. Yeah. And all those people, the average man that's supporting the current occupant, their thoughts is party over country. Yeah. Just because I'm a Democrat or just because I'm a Republican, you should be smart enough to know that when somebody is fishing and is lying to you, you know, I have voted for Republicans. I have voted for Democrats, voted for more Democrats in recent years than I have Republicans. But just because I voted one way doesn't mean I'm going to vote another way the next time. Right. I'm going to vote for the best candidate. And in this election, the best candidate was Biden. Yep. Yep. 
Trump, I owe you a dollar. I used his name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. Ah. The current the current occupant <laughs> has never given a damn about the average person. Nope. He, he, he doesn't want to shake your hand. And all he wants you to do now and the same people, the same people that he doesn't give a damn about. He's asking them, well, give to my defense, give to my yeah. defense pack. And all that money is just going right to his pocket. Yep. You're spending your hard-earned money. You're sending him $30, $40, and he's taking that money, and all he's going to do is he's going to put new grass in at Mar-a-Lago, or he's going to screw something else up somewhere down the line, or he's going to put that money right into his pocket. I mean, as you mentioned before, his library that he's going to build is only going to have maybe one or two books in it. <laughs> Cause he don't read. Nope. You know he. I think nope. he's got he's he's got a a, a a a book that he had somebody write for him. Yeah. And then his his son wrote a book in which the the RNC uh, paid three hundred million dollars for the book. Yep. Yeah, they bought three. I forgot how much. Yeah, three hundred some thousand or yeah, something like yeah, that. Well, yeah. Yeah. It means I a mean, lot of money to pay for his that's book. That's right. That's right. I, I, I'm sorry, but that's 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 crazy. Hey, 45 days, all of them will be gone, man. His whole damn family will be gone. <laughs> and that's I'm looking forward to that because we don't have to hear foolish. I mean, he's going to be around because he's his ego will not let him just go quietly into that good night. But um, the fact that. You know, we what are we up to now? Two hundred and what are we up to? Two hundred seventy-eight thousand something people are dead. Yes. And he doesn't care. He hasn't said a word. And these seventy-something million people that voted for him, you should. I mean, that should be an indication that this guy does not give a rat's ass about you or your family, not at all. But yet. You bow down to this guy. You worship at his feet. And we've said, like you said numerous times, don't get it, man. Some, something's off in your DNA that you still want to follow behind someone who you can clearly see cares nothing about no one but numero uno. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's sad. And so it is uh, sad. It, it's very sad. And that our country, that you still got people misguided in that manner. Um, and I was surprised, man. I heard some data that the majority of Muslims voted for him. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I mean, as much as he has dogged Muslim people, and I mean, what is that? And something's off, man. Something is off. Well, I, 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 this is what I think, Wayne, that you bring that up. That data must deal with people that have money. That's the Must only be. reason the only reason that they would vote for him is because they have money and they got a tax break and uh, they feel that that's that's going to help help their bottom line out. That's just like when you have foolish people like 50 cents and yeah. and little Wayne yeah. and and Ice Cube and and <laughs> and people like that that are just voting you know they've made it. They've gone from the 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 streets of Compton up to the top of the echelon in the top tax brackets, and now they suddenly turn their backs on where they came from because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna save two hundred thousand yeah. dollars out of yeah. you know forty million. Right. Right. And and as I say, as, as I say to my wife, you know, you 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 can't separate. I'm sorry, you cannot separate. Well, he's doing this, but this guy, he's unscrupulous. He's a lawbreaker. He lies every day. But you're willing to look the other way and accept that. I'm sorry, you you cannot separate. Character matters. And so I don't see how the, you you can accept that. I mean, I, I have a few friends that I know personally. Uh, that voted for the current occupant, and um, we we had a discussion, and the discussion it it wasn't heated, it was an intellectual type discussion because I didn't ask whether or not 
you voted for the individual. The individual told me that they did. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, what caused you to make that decision? And their 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 answer was, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the aspect he's a good businessman. I'm <laughs> like, oh, I said, but what about the <laughs> other stuff in his character that he does this? He miss he's misogynist. He's racist. He's bigoted. He disparages people every opportunity he gets. Can't take responsibility for anything. What about that? No answer. So I said, um, part two of this answer is you've got people endorsing this guy who uh, you, you your former governor there in Indiana was was up there behind him every day touting his Christian values and whatnot. But yet you won't call this guy out for the unscrupulous stuff that he does that accordingly it, it goes against your Christian values because you Absolutely. don't support that. You don't support that. So I put to my friend, I said. If you saw me leave out of this building, you and I are here, we're, we're having a meal. If you saw me leave this building and get in my car and there's another woman in my car other than my wife, you would be calling me out, wouldn't you? Because you're going to hold me accountable, right? Right? <laughs> and the answer was, well, yeah, you're right. I said, then why don't these people who are in his sphere, who are so Christian and they got their values or why don't they call him out? Nobody. Nobody. And I applaud the gentleman down in, in Georgia the other day. Man, he yes. went off. He went off. He said, you people are supposed to be leaders? Show some leadership. Show some leadership. And that's that's what we don't have. That's why we find ourselves in the position we're in now. Yeah, you got I all think- these people, the Lindsey Grahams, the Mitch McConnells, the Grassleys, the Joni Ernst, all these people, Mikowski, Collins. You guys have shown no leadership. They have shown no leadership for four years endorsing this fool. Well, the, and so the, the thing, Wayne, is the fact that they could shut him down. They could. They could shut him down. They're just too cowardice. They're so afraid of 240 characters <laughs> that they're paralyzed. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's the thing. If if you shut him down, that's going to let future presidents or future leaders know that you're going to step up in here and you're going to be correct. Yep. Or there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to pass. Nope. You know, you have ideas that's going that you want to get accomplished. Guess who's going to help you get that accomplished? You can't pass a law. We pass the laws. You can only approve of the laws that we pass. Right. So if they would have shut him down in the beginning and 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 grew a spine, then they wouldn't be in the problem that they're in now. They're nope. so afraid to say, well, he he won. He lost the election. They're too afraid to say that he lost the election. Yeah. That's asinine because yeah. they're afraid of that. He's going to tweet if right. there's five hundred and thirty eight members of Congress. If 538 members of Congress tells the current occupant to go to hell, guess what he can't do? Not right. a damn thing. Nope. But nope. they're spineless. Yep. And I don't I don't understand it. I don't get that. Yep. They they ought to remember the old childhood uh, adage that I think you grew up with and, and, and I grew up with. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never, never hurt me. Hurt. Yeah. So your 280 characters that you're going to tweet about me because I said, you know, your ass lost. Take your ass home. You lost. Tweet. Go ahead and tweet. That's what they need to do. But as you said, man, they're coward. They don't have a spine. Yeah. The, the next and, thing, the next thing, when I mean to cut you off, the next thing that's going to happen is when he leaves office, the news media, they just need to shut him down. Yeah. Because he's yeah. going to come out and tweet. He's going to do all that stuff. If they shut him down. All right. Or give him limited airtime, then he'll stop all that foolishness. Yep. Yep. He, you know, he, and, he, yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. I agree. They They should not be. Uh, endorsing any of his foolishness, his lies, because once once he gets on the helicopter, if he even gets on the helicopter, he's not going to be on it. Something tells me he ain't going to show up. You he's know, not it's like because you're a punk ass, so you're not going to show up. But uh, if he did get show up and get on the helicopter, it's like from that point on, you know what? Uh, we ain't entertaining this foolishness. If you got <laughs> something substantial to say that's going to help the country, then by all means. 
accord him the respect as a former president. But we're not going to endorse your lying and tearing people down and disrespecting folks. We're not endorsing that. All the networks need to agree with that. And if they do, then, yeah, that put it into his foolishness. Yes. Put it into his foolishness. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we, we are where we are. Uh, grown adults are afraid, cowering in their offices. You know, it's like, oh my God, he's coming! <laughs> it's like the uh, what, what was my what was the monster in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? The abominable, the, the abominable snowman. Abominable's <laughs> gonna get us. You know, give me a break, man. You you guys are grown ass men and women just like he is. You know. Tell tell him, Mr. President, it's over. You lost the election. I mean, only I think 25 Republican senators have have called Joe Biden to say congratulations, Mr. President-elect. That's sad, man. That is sad. Yep. And it paints a, um, you know, what do we look like to the rest of the world who we constantly we're meddling in other people's business Telling them how to run their, you know, governments or whatnot. Here we are. We're letting a seventy-four-year-old toddler dictate to, <laughs> to to our to our elected leaders as to what they can and can't say. Give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. So again, we don't want to give the current occupant no more no more airtime. Forty-five days. He and his family will be shuffling off to Mar-a-Lago or Buffalo, wherever the hell they're going. <laughs> so get them out, out of there. Okay. Yes, sir. So uh, top of the hour a little bit past our last topic for tonight. Tomorrow is December the 7th, 79 years ago on that date. Uh, the U.S. suffered its, I guess, worst attack in the history of the country when the Japanese, the Empire of Japan, attacked Pearl Harbor. And uh, I think, you know, you may share the sentiment. You're a history teacher. You taught history for years. I think people, man, have sort of forgotten about Pearl Harbor. You know, I, I you, you don't hear a lot of it mentioned anymore. Just like the memories of 9-11 are starting to wane a little bit. But uh, Pearl Harbor was significant because it, it what led the U.S. into World War II. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's the 79th, 79th anniversary. So your, your thoughts on uh, Pearl Harbor anniversary? Yeah, it's it was uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. The United States, uh, since the early 20s, had and after our uh, World War I adventure, we decided that we wanted to close ourselves off and not deal with the rest of the world. Well, about 1933, there was a guy over in Germany that came to power through legal means. And he decided that he wanted to control the world. So our friends over in, in Europe, uh, they were kind of caught in a hard place where they needed American help and America didn't really want to help because we did not want to have another world war. So we eventually started leaning that way, and President uh, Franklin Roosevelt knew that we we were going to get involved in the war. It was it was no no way that we were not going to help out our allies over in in Europe. So what ends up happening is that the 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 Nazis under a uh, uh, Adolf Hitler's rule and the uh, Japanese under the rule of uh, Emperor Hirohito, more the military than anything else, more Tojo, Hideki Tojo, um, you know, they were two racist groups. The Japanese was the racist group in, in Asia. You know, there was they were the they were the king dogs over there. And so uh, on December 7th, 1941, uh, the Japanese, in order to uh, strike at the United States, uh, attacked uh, us at Pearl Harbor Naval Facilities and Hickam Air Force Base. Surprise attack. Uh, We we kind of knew it was possible that they could attack us because we had played war games before 
with the Japanese. And believe it or not, Wayne, in 1927, the Japanese and the United States Navy actually did an exercise in which the Japanese, part of the exercise was to attack Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I think I heard heard some of that. Yeah, they, they, and they, had, practiced, they yep. had practiced it, you know, 20-some years before. And so they just did that, and that brought us that brought us into World War II. So December 7th, 1941, the Japanese attacked us, and over 2,000 casualties, meaning dead and wounded, Surprise attack Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, they knew more about us than we knew about them. Uh, they knew when's the best time to attack us. Well, yep. let's see. Saturday night, sailors going to go out. <laughs> they're going to party down. Yep. And they're going to be sleeping in. They're going to be sleeping in early, sleeping in late. You know, Sunday morning, perfect time for attack. And yep. so they attacked us. Uh, that day, we lost, uh, you know, several ships, several thousand men. Uh, the Arizona, of course, uh, the, the the one ship that we always talk about uh, because over 1,100 men, I think, was lost on the Arizona. And then December the 8th, President Roosevelt goes to Congress and asks for a declaration of war. Uh, believe it or not, December the 10th, Germany declares war on the United States. Yep. We yep. didn't have a beef with Germany, but they nope. declared war on the United States. <laughs> we ain't got a beef with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We were trying to stay away from them. <laughs> right. And right. then December the 11th, we declared war on Germany. So yep. World War World War II uh, literally began. Yep. And one other thing, uh, a side note to that, is that I'm 95% sure that my uncle that that lives in or that lived in Louisiana was at Pearl Harbor on the day of the attack. Oh, wow. And I think he was on the Oklahoma. The story goes that he was on the Oklahoma and he actually, when the ship was hit by one of the torpedoes, he was actually blown into the water Wow. and survived, but he got a lot of shrapnel in his face. And eventually after he got out of the, uh, the Navy, uh, he ended up losing his eyesight because of uh, shrapnel that was in his eye. That's the story that I was told. Uh, I know my dad was a mechanic in World War II. I had an uncle that was part of the um, the Black Tank Battalion, the Black Panthers that that yep. fought in uh, World War II. He's my, he's the uncle that lives in Colorado Springs. As a matter of fact, Uncle okay. Mitch, and he was a tank commander. And fought with Patton. He was a bronze star, a bronze star uh, uh, winner, and so on. And yeah. a lot of people on our on our side of the tracks were World War II veterans. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know, Mr. Howard behind us, Mr. Yep. Wiley, Mr. Pinnock next door. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hare across the street. There was a lot of World War II veterans that um, lived in our neighborhood because you know Fort Knox was you know, Absolutely. right up the street Absolutely. and so on. But yeah, the 79th uh, anniversary of Pearl Harbor, uh, we don't talk about it that much. There's not a lot of school that's going on right now because, you know, at this point in time, believe it or not, uh, they would actually be teaching World War II in the history classes because yeah. it's World War II is the end of the first semester. Right. So... But, uh, yeah, that brought us into the war, and uh, almost four years afterwards, uh, we lost almost 350,000 men, if I remember correctly, in four years of fighting, and lots of lots of lives were lost, and uh, it was that day that would live in infamy. Yep, what, are you, yep. what are your thoughts? Oh, um, I, I, I spent the day today, part of the day today. I, uh, I was watching Torah, Torah, Torah. Okay. One of my favorite movies. Yes. And um, from a military um, planning aspect, I mean, that it was superb the way the Japanese pulled that off to go yes. 4,000 nautical miles with a carrier fleet, destroyers and everything and not be picked up. That was a feat that was amazing. And um, 
you know, they inflicted a lot of damage on the U.S. Uh, Pacific Fleet there um, at Pearl Harbor. But they literally, I mean, you want to talk about the element of surprise? That was the supreme element of surprise and caught the U.S. flat-footed. Uh, and I think, you know, we, sh- we should keep these things at the forefront. They're important to the fabric of, of our history, man. Uh, and, you know, a lot of folks sacrifice. You've mentioned a lot of your relatives. A lot of the folks you mentioned uh, that live on your side of the tracks know those gentlemen well. Uh, we had a few vets on my side of the track that were World War II veterans. Uh, most people say that the folks who um, served World War II are the greatest generation. And yes. I, I believe that. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. But uh, it, it was it was a bad day for the country. Uh, the fact that not only we're attacked, but now we're in another world war. So um, if you get a chance, I think you, you mentioned have you if you've ever been to the Arizona Memorial, it is a uh, man, a very solemn place uh, to go there and see the remnants of the Arizona uh, with the oil still leaking out of out of the ship. Uh, it's it's very eerie air, uh, area, and uh, all the names of the over over 1,100 uh, sailors that died that day are you know there's a huge plaque there with all their names on it, and you look out and you see the remnants of the Arizona below. It's it's really um, a a I guess we'd call it a, a sacred place. It's a sacred yeah. place, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah, 79 years ago tomorrow. Yep. And let us not forget. Uh, because I think once you forget, um, you know, it, you, you lull yourself to sleep and you sort of maybe set yourself up for, you know, other surprises. So I think I think we need to keep remembering uh, Pearl Harbor. We need to keep remembering 9-11 and, and those events in our history that uh, are markers. They're, uh, yeah. they're markers. You know, you, so. did you know, did you know that the federal government really uh, fell to support? The Arizona Memorial. Yes, I did. And yeah. and it yeah. was an individual that yep. that stepped up and and uh, funded a lot of the memorial. And you you yep. know who that individual is, right? No, I don't know who that is. Elvis. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. Wow. Yep. He 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 spent his own money to uh, get the Arizona Memorial. Uh, completed and the wow. federal government had didn't have the money to do it and he wow. stepped up and paid and and paid for the remainder of the uh, memorial to be built wow that is that i did not know that yep yep that is that's good thing to know man because i mean you know i elvis had a reputation you know but oh yeah it's it's those kind of stories that come out after the fact you know, the, the there was a humanitarian aspect of Elvis that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, I had heard some other things that Elvis did for people, but that one I had never heard that uh, he contributed to the finance of the Arizona Memorial. That is that is awesome. Yes. Yep. That is awesome. So that is awesome. So we wanted to remember that tonight and uh, that uh, 79 years ago tomorrow, uh, anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. So. That is all I have for tonight, my brother. Any any other closing comments you'd like to make before we wrap this episode up? No, I I would just say this uh, to our listening audience. You know, we we try to keep it real. We're gonna we're gonna say it like we see it, and we're gonna be as truthful as we can. You know, some of our comments aren't uh, aren't uh, taken out of jest. You know, we're serious about it. You know, we're just two small town uh, friends growing up in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And uh, we grew up on different sides of the track, you know, went to school together, uh, created lives for ourselves. We live on different parts of the United States. However, we have a common bond, and that is uh, growing up in Elizabethtown and sharing the sharing the life and friends and experiences that we've had uh, as as small town individuals. And I appreciate appreciate everything that we do. I appreciate your your contributions to our podcast. I mean, I'm I'm really um, having fun doing this. Uh, <laughs> I, it's just something that uh, we do to to put a record out there and. You know, from now until infinity and beyond, 
you know, somebody will be able to look and maybe enjoy part of our podcast. You know, we're not doing it to make money or anything like that. It's just that uh, we we like doing what we do. And if we can um, spark the interest of someone or the ire of someone, uh, that's all good because um, we, we have one thing in, in mind, and that is to uh, express our opinions and talk about topics of today and including our our small hometown of Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Absolutely, man. I echo those sentiments. And uh, it's always a pleasure to get together each Sunday night and talk about the issues of the day from our perspective. Like you say, two small town guys from uh, E-Town, Kentucky. And uh, we're proud of that. And uh, even though we don't live there anymore, we're still proud of our upbringing and the values that were instilled in us by the people um, who we grew up with and around. So that's where we're coming from. As my host, co-host said, we say it like we see it. We're going to keep doing that. So until the next time, Wakanda forever. I'm Wayne. And Chiliamo Dopo, I'm Steve, and the Panthers had another big victory on Friday night. They're moving on in the state, in the uh, state football uh, tournament. So, outstanding. Until the next time, my brother. Till the next time, we're out. Like three strikes. <laughs>